Welcome to the Lighthouse Community Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope today's teaching will encourage you in your faith and help you develop an increasing desire to walk with God. Let's listen in. Yeah, that's, uh, that's wild. Some of you guys might not realize this, uh, but we haven't even hit our fifth birthday yet. Um, all the things that God has accomplished uh, over these last few years has been absolutely remarkable. Uh, it's been really, really cool. And I think part of the reason has been that from the beginning, uh, we started with the idea that uh, God wanted us to launch a church that was just solely focused on pursuing him uh, and chasing after him. And so uh, I think we've seen some pretty remarkable things come out of that in the process. Uh, but if we haven't met yet, I do want to say good morning. My name's Fritz, um, and so I want to welcome to uh, everybody here, but also our guests. And then good morning to everybody at Bluffton Community, uh, our Fostoria team, uh, and our online campus too. So thanks for being with us, starting your 2022 with us. But uh, as Larry mentioned, welcome to 2022. We made it. We're all here. And and, um, you know, one of the things that we like to do as a culture, at least in America, is we enjoy starting the new year by setting resolutions. And you're either like the people, you're going, oh, yes, I have 47 resolutions all to accomplish in the next 13 days. And others are like, you know, you're just grossed out by them. So uh, there's really no in between. But when people set resolutions, they start thinking about things they want to change, uh, ways they want to live differently, goals that they want to achieve for the new year. And I I thought I'd share uh, just a couple of New Year's resolutions with you, but they're a little bit different. These ones are from kids. Uh, I think they're fantastic. So 10-year-old Joey wrote this. He said, my New Year's resolution is to not eat as much sugar, but I probably won't keep it. So (laughs) he's just being honest. Uh, Kate, who's eight years old, wrote, my resolution is to stop biting my nails because my mom says she's going to make me wear nail polish that tastes like rotten eggs if I don't. So there you go. Uh, Hedsa uh, yeah, said, I am going to stop picking my nose. It's going to be hard. <laughs> And, uh, and four-year-old Will, I identify with him so well, he says, I will eat all the cake. <laughs> that is my New Year's resolution, too. So, <laughs> so I don't know where you stand on the spectrum of whether you make them, whether you break them, what you do. But um, a lot of times at the beginning of the year, a lot, many people will set a resolution that they want to seek out God, right? I want to I know him more. Uh, I want to find out what he's like, who he is. And so some people, when they start looking for God, uh, they'll turn to, to creation, right? And they'll look to the heavens, they'll look to uh, the stars, they'll look to nature uh, to find him there. And there's some things that you can discover about who God is uh, simply by uh, looking at nature. But there's a, there's a point where it stops and you can't know him uh, it's, you know, deeply, um, so, you know, uh, you begin to see that he's really creative, he's powerful, that he's greater than us. So some people look at nature. Some people start looking in religion. They'll say, you know, I'm going to start going to church or wherever it is. Uh, some religions are more helpful um, than others. But if, if we're honest, it's more than religion that any one of us is really after, right? It's deeper than that. It's more than that. We want to connect with something bigger than ourselves. Uh, We sense that there is something more 
than what we can see with our eyes. There's something more than what we can feel with our physical senses. And we, quite, we can't quite put our finger on it, but there's, there's this longing deep within our souls, even if you can't name exactly what it is. And we're searching, but we're not always entirely what we're searching for. But it's one of those things that you know it when you see it, right? It's like it's, it's unmistakable, you've got it, you, you know what that is. And I think we search, and we look for this, we search because humans are unique. Okay, you need to know that. We're unique. Uh, we're actually both uh, material, right? We've got flesh and blood, but we're also spiritual. We've got soul, we've got spirit. And the Bible actually begins with that premise, And the premise is this, is that we are created in God's image, that God created us with bodies and with spirits, and we have a longing to connect with the one who created us. We have this innate desire to know him and to be with him. Why? Why is it that way? Well, you and I are actually created to depend on God. Do you know that? We're actually created to rely on him. We're we're designed with this need for him. And the desire is always there. Now, sometimes we'll try to like drown that desire out with busyness, keep my calendar really, really full, and, and then I don't have to be plagued with that nagging feeling in my mind, right? Or uh, we'll try to drown out that feeling and that desire by uh, filling it with something else or with someone else um, in our lives, right? But it's always there. It really doesn't go away. And the desire to, for the seeking, right, to know our Creator actually tends to increase uh, the more we face stressful and challenging situations in our lives. I don't know if you've noticed that. When somebody's going through really, really difficult, challenging things, right? they're now seeking, they're now open more than they've ever been to discover who this is that's created us. And we begin to seek with a little bit more intentionality. I know even just in my own life, I've been facing some challenges recently. Um, one of the things that's been going on is um, I've just kind of been battling these lingering attacks, uh, basically, um, you know, these lingering thoughts saying, you're, you're not good enough. Like, you know, what, are you, what do you think you're doing? Right? Just kind of attacking uh, my capability, um, all of those things. And, and I know, right, I know that this is Satan trying to discourage me and to bring up my, my inadequacy and to go, you know, just, just walk away and, and all of that kind of stuff, right? And know that's from him. These are, these are very clear, like, spiritual battles that are going on. And while it's discouraging, at the exact same time, his plan is backfiring. And let me tell you why. Because as these lingering thoughts, as these attacks are coming in, they're going, you're inadequate, you can't pull this off, you're really not good enough. Uh, it's been this reminder that, you know, actually you're right. I am inadequate. I am not good enough. I cannot pull this off. And what it's led me to do is to actually seek after God even more. 
And so the very thing that Satan set out to do, to steal, kill, and destroy, has been the very thing that the Holy Spirit has used to draw me closer to the Father in the process. And so I'm seeking after him. I don't know, have you ever faced times like that in your own life? Have you gone through situations like that? Maybe you're in that now, right? I don't think that my life is that vastly different from the lives of anybody here in the room or joining us online at one of our other locations, right? Like, we're, we're, we're similar in that kind of a way. And, and you're here today because you're seeking after God, right? You're here because you want to know him more than you do right now. And so, you know, some part of the goal and the invitation is let's seek out God together. So as Jenny mentioned, we're in Matthew chapter 9. If you want to go there in your Bible, if you want to click over on your device, uh, we're kicking off this uh, 21 days of seeking God first. And so it's the first Sunday of 2022. We thought, what better way uh, to start off our year together than to do that? So let's start off pursuing God so we can learn how to really, really rely on him. So uh, Matthew Chapter 9, we're going to read uh, verses 14 and 15. I'm going to read from the English Standard Version, but you can follow along in the version that you have. And it simply says this. Actually, let's do this. Let's read this passage um, out loud. There's two verses, uh, starting with, then the disciples. Are you ready? Go. Then the disciples of John came to him, saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. Okay, we're going to build the context of this in just a second, but I want to answer the first question that some of you might be thinking about, and it's this. What is fasting? All right, maybe you've heard it. Uh, you know, you've, you've seen this craze on intermittent fasting and things along those lines. Uh, by the way, fasting is not new. Uh, it's been around forever. Um, and actually, we're going to expose a little bit about what that is and what that looks like. So, so what is fasting? Well, fasting in the Bible is primarily abstaining from food for a period of time. It's usually uh, you know, one day to three days, but you do see fasts in the scripture that go as long as 40 days without food. That's a long time. Um, but you see that in a couple of instances. You will also see uh, some fasts in the Bible uh, that include other activities outside of food. Could be things like you know, uh, sex within the marriage uh, or alcohol or other things along those lines. You see that in the scriptures of people fasting uh, other activities besides food. Now, when you're looking in the Old Testament, most of the fasting that you see and you read about there was really done from a place of sorrow. Uh, people were fasting because they were mourning the loss of something. Uh, it could be a person, it could be a situation in their life, or they're fasting for repentance of their sin. So in the Old Testament, you mainly see fasting centered around uh, sorrow, mourning, and repentance. Uh, maybe one of the most well-known fasts uh, that you see in the scriptures is when Jonah comes and prophesies to the city of Nineveh, and the entire city responds to this message of God's judgment by putting on sackcloth, sitting in the dust, and refusing to eat, right? They're, they begin to fast. And everybody does, from the king all the way down to the lowest servant. And they're doing this uh, to show their sorrow and their repentance for their sin. Now, this is how most people viewed fasting prior to Jesus. 
It was very focused on sorrow, mourning, repentance, those types of things. You actually see that with uh, this account in Matthew chapter 9, because you see John the baptizer's disciples, they come to Jesus, and they ask the question, they say, hey, how come you don't fast like we fast? How come you don't fast like us and the Pharisees? What's about that? And so what Jesus does is he uses this wedding metaphor. And Jesus said, listen, people don't mourn at a wedding, right? You don't, unless you're really marrying the wrong person. But you, right, you, you typically don't, you don't mourn uh, at the wedding because, and here's what Jesus says, you don't mourn because the bridegroom is present. He's there, and so that means the party is started and, and the wedding celebration is on. He said, that's a time for joy. It's not a time for mourning. And so we don't do, that's why my disciples don't fast. They were with Jesus, who is the bridegroom. But then Jesus says this, he says, but one day, one day the bridegroom will be gone. And then they will fast. Okay? So Jesus expected that his disciples would fast at some point after he had left. Right In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus taught this, right? verse 16. Uh, he starts out by saying, when you fast, when. So that alone sets the expectation that Jesus anticipated that this is something that his followers would do. In that same section, let's look at what else Jesus says, starting uh, the rest of verse 16. He says, Don't make it obvious, as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. Right? They're expressing their mourning, they're expressing their sorrow, they're expressing their repentance, but they're more concerned about what it looks on the outside. That's what Jesus is saying. He says, don't do that. But when, there it is again, but when you fast, comb your hair, if you haven't. Wash your face, right? right? Don't, don't come across all disheveled and, and, and you know, throwing dust on your face and all that kind of stuff. He says, no, comb your hair, wash your face, then no one will notice that you are fasting except, except your father. You see, this new fasting that Jesus is putting forward is different than the old fasting that was talked about. And, and we're talking about fasting, but in this whole larger truth, or this whole larger passage, there's another truth that's going on at the exact same time that's at work in here. And the truth is this, in this entire passage of Matthew 9, is that Jesus was setting forward a new culture for his kingdom. Okay? He's setting forward a new culture for his kingdom that was different than the previous. And so the new, new kingdom, it's vastly different. And you see this if you look at the beginning of Matthew chapter 9. Jesus had just forgiven and healed a paralytic. Right? Can't walk. And Jesus forgives him. And the religious leaders who are present get really angry because they said this, How dare you? Only... God can forgive sins. Who do you think you are? <laughs> and Jesus basically says, well, what do you think it's easier to do, to for pronounce forgiveness over somebody or to heal them and tell them to get up and walk? And he says, just so you know that there's no question, pick up your mat and walk. 
And the guy gets up and he walks. And the statement that Jesus is making here is, yes, only God can forgive sins. I'm him. (laughs) I am him. And I'm king of this kingdom. And I can forgive sins. Then right after that, you see Jesus. He invited a tax collector. We've talked about that a little bit over the past few weeks. But all you need to know for these purposes is tax collectors are just, in that culture, they are scum. right? They are traitors um, against their nation and their, uh, their people. But he invited a tax collector to become his disciple. Respected rabbis don't do that. And then he goes a step farther. He ate. He sat down for a meal with tax collectors and sinners. Listen, I know for you and me, that might not be a big deal. We'll eat just about anywhere. We'll eat with just about anyone, right? Food is not a big deal. uh, Because for us, the meal centers on the food. But in Jesus' culture, the meal centers on who you eat with. And you only eat with people who are going to increase your honor. You never eat with people who are going to decrease your honor. You have Jesus, right? Jesus is essentially taking selfies with tax collectors and with sinners, and he's posting them on Instagram and on Facebook and on Discord and, uh, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, you know, is out there. He doesn't care who knows. And when the religious people question this move, Jesus says, in this kingdom, we reach out to the sick. In this kingdom, we reach out to those who know they're hurting and they're in trouble. This kingdom is not for people who think they have it all together on their own. This is different. There's no room for self-righteousness. There's no room for man-made religion in this kingdom. And then you get into our account of the fasting. After the fasting, Jesus gives two examples of what he's doing. Right? He gives the example of a new patch on old torn clothes and new wine in old wineskins. And basically he says you can't do either. You can't do either of those. And what he's saying is this, is only a novice who had no clue what he was doing would put new wine into old wineskins. Only somebody who's completely ignorant of what was going on would try to force new wine into old wineskins because in the process, they'll actually ruin both. They'll, burst the old, they'll ruin the old wineskins because it'll burst and the new wine runs out and it's no good, right? And then he uses another, another example. Only an untrained seamstress would put a new patch on old clothes. If she does that, she'll ruin the patch and the clothing. And so what Jesus, when Jesus said this, what he's indicating is that he is doing a new thing. He's unleashing a new thing, and it's not going to fit into the old container, the old religion, the old way of looking at things. This is a new culture for his kingdom. This was a new grace that would not and could not fit into old forms of religion. They're just not compatible. And if you tried, you'll ruin both. And only a novice would do that. Only somebody highly ignorant who thinks they know what they're doing, but actually doesn't, would do that. And so Jesus is setting that. And one of the things he's saying is the old way of fasting doesn't work in the new kingdom. So you see, this is all about relying on God. See, fasting wouldn't be focused on sorrow and mourning, but rather something different. Now, there's not a lot of them, but there's a few references in the New Testament to fasting, 
And when we look at them, we see that they're not centered around sorrow or, or sorrow or mourning at all, right? The first one I actually see in the New Testament is Matthew chapter 4, and this is Jesus fasts for 40 days before he faces Satan face to face, right? They like bow face to face. And Jesus prepares for that by fasting for 40 days leading up to it. In Acts chapter 9, Saul, who we probably know better as Paul, right, the Apostle Paul, um, he fasted for three days after encountering Jesus face to face, right? He meets the risen Lord, transforms his life, and he spends the next three days fasting, seeking, right? In Acts chapters 13 and 14, you see the church fasting before they sent out missionaries and while they're discerning who is God calling up to leadership within our church, right? They spent time fasting together. And so the focus of this fasting in the New Testament is very much believers increasing, heightening their dependence on God. They're leaning into that, right? You see disciples intentionally seeking God, through fasting. They want to know him in a deeper way. They want to rely on him more than they have before. These disciples are purposefully suspending their normal eating habits so that they could focus their attention on him. That's what's happening here in the New Testament. And so this old way of fasting where you focused on what it is that you had done, that's the old way. The new way is actually focusing on the one who has already done for you and has already done on your behalf. That's where this fasting is going. And so fasting is about depending on God for strength, looking to God for wisdom, leaning on God for insight and for strength. Fast, you know what fasting is? Fasting is a return to our roots, learning to depend and rely on God. That's what fasting is. It's an intentional reliance on who God is. And so it begs the question just a little bit, right? And the question is this. Well, why would I start out 2020 fasting? Or excuse, 2022, right? I'm back in the past. Let's start with today. You can think about what happened before. But why would I start out 2022 fasting? I think the better question is this. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Um, like I mentioned before, you're here seeking God. You want to know him. You want to discover him. You know, you're joining us at one of the other locations because you want a deeper understanding of who God is and what he can accomplish through you and in you, right? Like you're interested in knowing God more. And so fasting is this very real and this very intentional way of seeking God in your life. You know, fasting is actually a statement to yourself, and it's a statement to God. It's saying this, I want God more than I want food. I want God more than the thing that I rely on pretty much every day to keep me going. That's how bad I want God. I want to know God more than I want to know what someone else had for dinner on Instagram. I want to know God so badly, I'll interrupt my normal activities just so that I can be with him. I'll disrupt my life 
to make a statement that I want to be with him. I want to hear his voice. Do you think that will grab God's attention? It's kind of like the husband who comes home every night at 8 o'clock, or, or maybe the wife, or it doesn't matter, but the parent, the family member who comes home every night at 8 o'clock after working all day. They walk in the door tired, right? gently greeting people, finding, looking for something to eat, and then crashes in bed to do it again the next day. right? But yet when the family wakes up the next day, Maybe it's dad. Dad's still there. He's not gone off to work. Actually, he's there making pancakes and a grossly enormous amount of bacon for some reason, right? Like there's all of this, you know, going on. This is new. And one of the kids asks, Are are you not going to work today? And he goes, No. I'm gonna stay home with you guys today. Today I'm gonna be with you. Right? I want to spend the day with you. And in that moment, right, the family like lights up and begins like filling their day with all kinds of plans of what they're going to do, how they're going to spend their time together, um, all of that. There's excitement and there's joy in being together because we're setting aside the normal. That's what fasting is. Right? That's what fasting is. Fasting. It's saying, God, today is different. This season is different. I'm setting aside all of the things that are valuable to me. And, and it's not that those things are necessarily bad. It's not that they're wrong. It's not even that they're sinful. But maybe they've just become more important than they should be. And I want you to know you are the most important. So much I will put other things off to the side simply to be with you. I want to learn how to depend on you. I want to learn how to seek you with my whole heart. I want to know you more deeply than I ever have before. I want to hear your voice more clearly. Do you think God would respond to that? I think he would. Do you want to know why I think he would? It's because James chapter 4, verse 8 says this. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. That's what it says. And so fasting is a way that we come close to God. And so what I want to do is I want to invite everybody in the Lighthouse community family. Here in the house, Bluffton, Fostoria, our online campus, I want to invite you to join for 21 days of seeking God first. And so starting today, let's seek out God together. Let's learn how to depend on him. Now here's the first thing you're going to do if you're going to jump in on this thing. First thing is you're going to choose a fast for 21 days beginning today, okay? You're gonna choose a fast for 21 days beginning today. Now, there's four primary fasts. I'm gonna walk through these really quickly, um, but they're this. So the four primary fasts are this. It's a complete fast, which means there's just no food, right? Uh, Most likely, most of us are not prepared for this, (laughs) all right? Maybe some of us are, but most of us aren't. Um, But that's one, a complete fast. Another one is a selective fast fast. And this is like fasting um, certain like elements from your diet. Maybe it's meat, 
Maybe it's sweets, maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's something else along those lines, but you're fasting something selective, a certain element. A third kind of fast is known as the partial fast, and this is maybe where you're fasting a meal every day or a certain time period, just for an example, like six in the morning till three, I'm not going to be eating at all, um, but that's a partial fast. And then the fourth one is called a soul fast. And so these, this is fasting things like social media, movies, gaming, something daily that's outside of food that is a normal part of your life. Now, most of us are probably going to go with a partial fast or a soul fast. Um, that's likely what's going to happen. Now, some of you are asking the question right now, well, how do I know what I'm going to fast? How do I know what that is? Well, the reality is this, is as we've been talking about it, you likely already know what you're going to fast. Because as, we, as I brought this up, you've already started justifying and making reasons why you can't fast that thing, all right? <laughs> you go, well, I can't do that because of this. I can't, I can't have my, be without my social media. I, can't, I have to have my phone. I, have to, I can't do that. I can't do that. And so likely is that is probably the thing you actually need to give up for the next 21 days. But make a decision, right? Simply make the decision. For me, um, I've decided for the next 21 days, um, I'm fasting breakfast and I'm fasting completely from social media. Uh, that's something that I just I need to do. Um, I've decided to do that, so I'm combining a partial fast with a soul fast. But you fast what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. Uh, I'm not telling you what you should do or, or what, but you just you make a decision and you lean into that. Now, this is important. Fasting is removing and replacing. It's both. It's removal and replacement. We're removing a normal daily activity, and we're replacing it with scripture, with prayer, and with serving. And so if you're fasting a meal, maybe it's breakfast, instead of eating from 7 to 7.20 in the morning, instead you're studying in scripture, and you're praying from 7 to 7.20 in the morning. If you're fasting gaming for 21 days, now you're studying scripture, and you're praying during that time. And here's what I would say. It doesn't always have to be alone. A lot of times we think about fasting. We go, well, I have to go be in my prayer closet by myself for the next seven hours because that's how long I would binge watch Netflix uh, and all of this. Like, no, 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 no. That's not what we're talking about, right? You can do that with others. Meet up with other disciples to pray and to study. But remember, it's removing and replacing. If you only remove, you've missed it, Okay. All right, so you're replacing with scripture. Now, to help you with that, we have created two Bible uh, reading guides. One is called the Seeking God First Meditation Guide, and there's 21 passages that you can read each day and spend time meditating on those, thinking deeply on what they mean, how you can worship God, let them shape your prayer. The other uh, guide is called Through the New Testament in 21 Days. And so literally, you could read all 27 books of the New Testament in three, uh, in 20, in three weeks, Right, And so uh, these are all available. There's some available at the Connection Center, but also we've got a page on our site, mylighthousecommunity.com forward slash 21 days. So you can go there, uh, download, and get access to all of those resources. But we're, we are replacing with Scripture to know God more. We're also replacing with prayer. And so we're leaning into prayer, right? And so my favorite way to pray is uh, what I like to call just worship, confess, and ask. So I usually start with scripture. Um, I'll find that truth that's out of there, and I'll spend time worshiping God for that truth, for his character. Then I'll leverage that to confess sin 
in my own life, right? Remember that gap we talked about last week? If you don't know what I'm talking about, watch last week, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, but that gap that's there, um, and, and we lean into him, right? And the last is to ask. I simply pray for myself, I pray for my family, I pray for others, leaders in our church family, I pray for you. Um, but that's how I typically spend my time uh, and pray. But you, that's what I do. You might have another way. That's okay. But replace with prayer. And the last thing we're replacing with is replacing with serving. So what God will do is he will change people's lives through serving in ministry. And so for many of us, actually joining a ministry team is going to change you. Right? It's going to grow you in ways that you have not taken steps of growth at the same time. And you're going to be helping others take steps of growth as well. And so, uh, yeah, it may be time just to lean in. You're not really quite sure. On the back of your connection card, there's a place that says, hey, I'm interested in joining a team. We will help you lean into that as well. So we're removing a daily activity, and we're replacing that with Scripture, with prayer, and with serving. That's 21 days of seeking God first. And so if you're planning to join me and to plan, uh, join others here at Lighthouse Community, uh, I do want to invite you on your connection card. There's a place on the back that just says, hey, I'm in for 21 days of seeking God first. Also online, you can do that too. And that's just a way of kind of taking that next step. And on also, we will be praying for you uh, in the process over these next 21 days. So if you take that next step, let us know. Now, um, I think it's been about 16 or 17 years ago, um, I was youth pastor at a church in Columbus, and we did this thing called a 40-day revolution. And we spent 40 days focusing in on uh, prayer, blessing others, serving others, and fasting others. And so both our high school and our middle school ministries committed to that, and we landed that for 40 days, and it was remarkable. Um, on the fasting side, I remember uh, kids who were making decisions to fast meals during the day. Um, some, uh, you know, social media wasn't massive, but it was kind of some things were beginning at that time. That's how long ago it was. Um, but, you know, it's, so they started, right, like just giving up things like access to the internet um, or their phones. Uh, I remember one boy who just said, you know what, um, I just, I'm going to fast my bed during this time, um, and I'm going to just lay there and, and, and you know, trust God instead of sleeping in the comfort of my bed. I remember a girl who was very concerned with the way she was presented to other people. She fasted makeup for 40 days, um, and for her, that was massive um, and huge. But in all of the fasting, what was really remarkable about that time and that season was not only the intentional seeking that was going on, but what we saw God do in the process. Um, we saw so many students come to faith for the very first time and take the step of baptism. We saw kids find freedom from, from sin that had been plaguing them for so long. Um, we saw it actually begin to affect families. And, and there was like healing that started happening in relationships um, in their families. Uh, through that, here's what's really cool. We ended up launching, uh, it was 11 student-led small groups on five different campuses in our county. And we would have upwards of 170 teenagers giving up their day before school or their lunchtime to gather in classrooms to talk about the Bible and pray together. It was completely student-led, right? Like, all, and, the, and the ripples that came out of that. And it started with the commitment 
to seek out God first. Now hear this. The point wasn't the fasting. Okay, you need to catch that. The point wasn't that. Because fasting's not the pulling of some spiritual lever to get God to do what you want him to do. That's not what fasting is. And if you go in approaching that, you're going to miss what God really wants to do in your life. Fasting, fasting is it's not the end. Fasting's not the point. Actually, fasting is the means to seeking God in a new way. God is the point. God is the reward. God is the blessing. And so things like fasting help us to intentionally seek God in our lives. There are 50,000 plus people in our region who are counting on us. They're counting on us to rely on God. And so my invitation is simply this. Let's start 2022 with a passionate desire to lean into him and to trust him in faith and in hope. Let's seek God first. I want to invite you to bow your heads and to close your eyes asking this question, Jesus, what are you saying to me right now? And for many of us right now, it could be that you need him to tell you what it is that you're giving up for these next 21 days. And I just want you to listen to him and resist the urge to justify and rationalize and explain away why you can't be too much. Well, what about this? What about that? Here's what I've learned about my own life. I find every way possible to do the things I want to do. And I find all kinds of excuses to find the way to do things I don't want to do. And so let the Holy Spirit navigate your heart even now. As you're praying, you know that here, one of the things we love to do at Lighthouse is we love to pray for one another. And so what we're going to do is we're going to sing one more song. And during that song, I'm going to invite you to come forward in prayer. We're going to have prayer leaders in every corner of the room. We'll have one up here by the cross. We'll have one back by the sound system, one back by the double doors. We'll have one up here in the forest. Um, But we're going to have prayer leaders in every corner of the room available for you to pray about anything in your life. And please don't pass up this opportunity. Maybe this morning you're going to come and say, I need to pray and ask God what he wants me to give up for the next 21 days. I need to ask God to guide me. I, want, I need strength. I'm afraid to lean in on him. Not because he won't show up, but maybe because he will. And if he shows up, what's that going to mean for me? It's okay for us to pray about all of those things. And so we're going to sing this last song, and I'm going to invite you to come, but let me pray for you first. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw every single person who needs prayer right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Lighthouse Community, check out our website at mylighthousecommunity.com or connect with us on Facebook. You're invited to join us live Sunday mornings at 909 or 1111. Thanks again for listening to the Lighthouse Community Podcast.